everybody, and welcome to the Quick Fix Podcast. I'm Forrest Hammond II, and here you'll get proven information to increase success and improve in every area, including finance, leadership, and relationships. Better information equals better thinking, and that guarantees better results. You just have to change what's going into your brain. Now it's time to get your quick fix. This is the Quick Fix Podcast. Quick Fix! Hey, welcome back, everybody, and Happy New Year again. It's awesome. 2021 is going to be great. So hopefully you've worked on your resolutions and done some looking into Benjamin Franklin and Orrin Woodward and George Washington and the others that I talked about in order to set yourself up for success. And I think that's the the greatest thing we can do. I know with everything going on, um, it's easy to get distracted and... Uh, so it's very concerning as well. But in light of all the things that are happening, I think it's also important to remember the sources that you get information from. So make sure to always check the source. See if they have the results in that area in order to give you information on that topic. Uh, I think of you know getting it from the horse's mouth, even with everything's going on. See who's telling you what they're telling you. Is it accurate? Would they know that? You know, do they actually have access to those facts or to see what's going on? So specifically, I wanted to discuss a heavy topic that I think is pretty prevalent and can be a lot of times after the holidays is very prevalent as well. And that's depression. And I wanted to talk to someone that has experience in that because... You know, I've had small bouts of it based on, you know, um, when COVID happened, um, I felt I realized afterwards that I went through a little bit of depression. And this is what we're talking about in this segment is clinical depression. And it's a great interview, and I'm excited for you to hear it. And I think it'll be very helpful to people in either thinking about, you know, others they have in their life that may suffer with this or if you know they themselves have it, that there's still light at the end of the tunnel and just getting the right help and hearing from someone who has worked on this themselves, I think is really helpful. So from the horse's mouth, here is a great interview um, that I think you'll enjoy. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Quick Fix podcast. I'm excited today, got another great interview and, you know, it's it's pretty awesome being able to, you know, a job, you don't get to pick the tasks you do. You get dictated by your overlords exactly what you're supposed to do. You know, varying based on if you love your job and, um, you know, whether you hate your job. But depending on the task, it can be really sucky. Um, but if you enjoy what you do, you know, it's less sucky. But I get to pick who I get to talk to and when and what I'm wearing. And where we're recording, which is, again, in my bedroom, and makes it really fun and exciting to see who I come up with to have over. And today, I'm especially excited because it is someone that I look up to, and uh, he's really awesome. So I'm going to introduce him. Uh, He's a father of two boys. He's a medical assistant at the University of Utah Orthopedics, and uh, they are... If you don't know, the University of Utah is one of the world's uh, leading centers on all things medical. They do a lot of research. 
So he, he's been working there as a medical assistant. Um, he's an amateur competitive duck herder, um, a weightlifting enthusiast. The world, and he also has the world's largest na- nasal, naval, excuse me, naval fluff collection. And uh, he is the greatest first little brother ever. Um, I mean, he survived having me as a brother. Um, my bro, Logan Hamron. Welcome to the show, man. Glad to be here. Thank you very much for having me. And might I just say, the Naval Lint Collection <laughs> is something to be desired. <clears throat> Pictures might come later. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe we'll put it up for auction on the Quick Fix website or something. Um, so, I mean, you'll have to figure out uh, if all of those are, are true or not, but... Um, you know, uh, it, it is interesting because growing up, Logan and I were very close, and uh, we pretty much did everything together um, from playing NBA Jam and having burping contests to riding our bikes all over the neighborhood. Logan, what would you say our like best partners in crime like activity was growing up? I think a lot of times uh, was when usually you would do something that would make it uh you know you'd get in trouble for whatever you did (laughs) and so the goal of whatever it was the afternoon was to make sure that i didn't tell (laughs) (laughs) like if you recall the uh the metal ring that you threw and you shattered dad's windshield i remember that (laughs) <laughs> i definitely do too <laughs> this is a good punishment but uh yeah i mean the we had plenty of good times i do remember i mean I, I reflect on it now and i think of you know we did play video games and stuff but how often was my controller even plugged in you know <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i mean you want a lot so it, <laughs> i have to wonder <laughs> That was back before wireless controllers, so I had a lot more control over that now. <laughs> now he just makes me cry during video game sessions. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good times. I actually forgot to mention one of your foremost achievements, and that is in making sandwiches. I think my brother, Logan, is the world's foremost legend in making sandwiches. I'd put him up against anyone, and if, if you have someone that uh, you know he thinks better... Make sure to um, link them down, email me, um, let me know who it is, and uh, I would love to try their sandwich, especially if you're paying. So, uh, but yeah, we had a lot of good times, and I've been able to learn a lot from my bro, and um, one of the things that I wanted to highlight, and one of the reasons I wanted to interview him was for um, one of the battles that he has going on constantly, and... uh which I feel like he is on the winning side, the victorious side. And I, I, uh, yeah, so we'll kind of get into it. Um, so I talk about it as defeating depression. We're going to, you know, we're going to keep it humorous because, you know, we're not making light of a serious issue, but I think it's important, number one, to never take yourself too seriously, which we never do. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, number two, um, awareness is very important. And so we're going to talk about that. And I, I guess the first thing, um, Logan, uh, talk about what what you think as awareness for depression and why that's important. It's extremely important because without the awareness, so I guess a little background about it. 
in my side is, so I was the first one in my family to even have the diagnosis. What it, what exactly is your diagnosis? Just to clarify for everybody. Oh yeah. So I'm a, I'm actually bipolar, but there's two different spectrums is how it's been described to me uh, by my psychiatrist is I'm on the side that tends to be more of a, kind of a depressive side of bipolar because everyone when you think of bipolar you think of the extreme highs extreme lows bouncing back and forth uh my side of the spectrum tends to be more just like extreme depressive episodes so with that background it started as my uh sophomore year of high school i would just have these days where i just could not get out of bed um more so mentally than physically, but it just prevented me from functioning. So I would lay in bed, I would sleep for, you know, 10 plus hours, and I would come out, maybe get something to eat, maybe go to the bathroom, and then go back to bed, which is even depressing to think about now, to be honest. (laughs) Uh, But it took my mom a little bit to figure out, or I should say our mom, to figure out. <laughs> to, uh, I'll claim her, I guess. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, to figure out that, like, you know, something obviously was off. And so she was able to take me in, uh, kind of get started early on figuring out what was going on. And that, you know, that brings about the awareness. Because um, if you're not aware, like, how are you going to treat something that you're not aware of? Uh, being in the orthopedic clinic similarities that I see between that is like a diabetic patient who has neuropathy they can't feel their feet and then they have like ulcers or something that actually causes them to lose a limb but if they're aware of it and they're constantly checking on it we can save their foot yeah so oh, that's huge and it's for me um you know, Logan was kind of going through this and I, I didn't live at home. I think I was in college. I don't remember where, maybe in Utah or something. But um, I remember at some, at a few points getting text messages or phone calls and, um, you know, it was, it was kind of scary a few times there. And it was hard for me to understand because I wasn't aware of what depression is or bipolar. I mean, if you had asked me 15 years ago, 20 years ago, um, what, what is bipolar? Um, I probably would have said, well, is, isn't that the one where you have like two personalities and schizophrenia is you have multiple, you know, I did, I didn't know. And I wasn't, I wasn't well versed in the medical field to know that. And so for me, the value in interviewing Logan and understanding, not even necessarily understanding, cause I'm not sure I can understand everything that you go through. But I think the value is in understanding how, you know, how you feel and I guess from your perspective, what we could do to help. Um, and it, it it was quite a journey for um, mom, it sounds like, because um, I wasn't there. I, I remember hearing about it, but for her to figure out what to do and uh, go from there. So, you're, you're, I mean, we could say who's luckier here, um, you know, from mom. I got baldness and you got depression. Congratulations. <laughs> so, so, thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> On a sidebar, though, it was interesting to also, because she obviously came to help to facilitate all of the appointments and, you know, the care 
at home as well as everything else. But it sounds like from what she's told me uh, more recently is while I was being diagnosed with this stuff, um, which we can go into more details about exactly like uh, what was going on with me, but she actually was finding stuff about herself that she had when she was a teenager, but she just attributed it to her being like crazy or, you know, things like that. And so she was, uh, bringing the awareness to herself and she was, you know, finding, um, kind of peace now, the awareness factor. Yeah. So I think one of the things with, um, that I want to kind of bring to light that, Oftentimes I feel like as a taboo thing is talking about having a therapist or a psychiatrist that you go to. And you mentioned that is one of the first things that that mom did to kind of help you um, diagnose and then treat both um, depression and bipolar and kind of go from there. So um, maybe talk about having um, a psychiatrist or a counselor um, and, uh, you know, kind of how you look at that and how it can be a healthy thing for people and not looked at as a taboo thing or like, oh man, I can't talk about this because I'm, I'm seeing my therapist. So it's definitely a can of worms in itself because finding somebody that you feel comfortable enough to talk to and open up to is hard. Uh, I think for me, it was easier initially because mom, I didn't really say anything. I was just there. Um, she, had all of her notes and her little notepad that she'd brought out every time she would keep tabs on, uh, my behavior. And, um, if I was more depressed or if I was less my, you know, actions throughout however long of a period of time it was. And, but anyways, um, and I actually have only seen two nurse practitioners. They've both been wonderful for me. So it doesn't necessarily need to be like somebody who's got all these letters after their name. The nurse practitioner I'm seeing now, that's pretty much all her focus is, is just on uh, mental health and uh, making sure that medications are balanced and such. Like if somebody asked you, like, do you see a therapist or a psychologist, would that, would that bother you to talk about? Not at all. Uh, I think it's back to the awareness thing, if I made it seem like it was something I was handling by myself, maybe if they were having a struggle, it's not something that I would want to shut them down to. It's something that I feel fine about because it's it's brought me to a place of normalcy uh, in my life. And I wouldn't be, who knows if I'd even be here at all if it weren't for, uh, you know, medication and you know, the current advances in science to help me be normal. Yeah. <laughs> so to speak. As, as normal as you can be. <laughs> and that's that's pretty big coming, you know, our family is, is awesome, but we're definitely not we're crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Truth. Well, so um, I do want to get into this and like, I got a bunch of questions that I think a lot of people would ask. And honestly, I really haven't had... You know, you and I haven't really had a, an in-depth conversation about depression or... Well, it's been touched on, but definitely yeah. not like, you know, let's hash this out kind of thing, so... Yeah, so, I mean, it's learning experience for me and to help me relate, because, you know, I won't say who, but we also have other members of our family, um, you know, the uh, close family and distant that struggle with all sorts of different um, mental illnesses, um, you know, whatever that distinguishes, whether it's bipolar, 
um, depression. Both of those are pretty prominent in our family. So in approaching this topic, I came up with a lot of different questions. So we can, you, you kind of expand where you want to, or we could, you know, quick fire. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just kind of go with, with uh, what I got. So how do I know if I have depression? Awareness for yourself is really hard in depression because uh, I have a very internal um, personality. So I'm very reserved and uh, I tend to keep thoughts to myself a lot of the time. And so I kind of get in my own head about it. So it's helpful to have like my mom was a big factor. She was very kind and I guess gentle in the way she kind of brought up like my behavior and what was going on in my life to make me see that it was not something that's normal. Um, so she did just be like, Hey Logan, you're really acting like a freak here. Let's, uh, let's get you to a doctor. <laughs> yeah. And to which I probably would have given the middle finger and wa- walked out. <laughs> no, no, not you. No. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> you keep thinking that. <laughs> Um, so how do you know if you have depression? It's, it's hard to kind of differentiate between what is normal depression and what is, uh, outside of that normal realm, because everyone's going to have a depressive episode at some point. Uh, you know, maybe a loved one has passed away. You're going to be a little depressed about that. Very normal. I think what, uh, tends to be the, the factors that kind of show that maybe it's more of a clinical and other things are needed is when it's um, inhibiting the way that you live your life for a very long extended period of time. Mm. Um, So motivation for everything is just out the window for, you know, months on end. Like in what I said earlier, uh, I couldn't get out of bed and that's definitely not normal. Like, I mean, there's normal functions that we should be able to do on a daily basis. I think it's a good way to distinguish it. I looked up um, WebMD. Um, there was a Dr. S- uh, Smitha Bandari, um, MD, and sorry if I butchered that, but I don't know if anybody would know besides her. Um, nine causes of depression, um, abuse, medications, serious illnesses, conflict, death or loss, genetics, major events, personal problems, and substance abuse. So I think, you know, besides those, if it's like a clinical depression or I know for me, and I think I spoke to this before, is 2020, the whole drastic change, the sudden shift in my own lifestyle, in my family's routine, uh, it just got thrown out the window in a second. And I I felt depressed and I didn't realize it till after, which was so interesting because I really haven't f- had that feeling before, but clinical depression, like you were saying, it, it truly affects your day-to-day over a long period of time. And I think if you are having anything like that, best thing, best case, kind of like what you're talking about is, you know, have that awareness and get help. Have if, if you don't have somebody like mom to check on you, see somebody, call somebody. And the benefit of having COVID is... Uh... Like, I have never seen my nurse practitioner, the new one I have, um, since relocating to Utah, or I should say moving my care to Utah, uh, is, so I've never seen her in person. It's all been virtual. And she's been able to easily help manage, uh, you know, medications and talking, just talking to me in general, virtually. So we just do it over, um, I like set up my iPad and 
we have an appointment for like 20 minutes to half an hour and I, we're good. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, I think healthcare, we're advancing in ways that we, um, I think, I feel like we were stalled a little bit and COVID's forced us to come up with new and better ways to help people. Definitely. And I mean, working under as many providers as I do and surgeons and PAs and everybody at this clinic, uh, I've heard them. I mean, we're getting closer to being back at a place of normalcy in the cl- the physical clinic, but uh, they're talking about, you know, making this like a permanent thing in their clinics, not necessarily like it was at the beginning of COVID where, uh, you know, all of their appointments were virtual, but now they're able to reach out to, you know, we're reaching out to statewide, you know, a lot more people than I think we would have been able to wow. originally, um, you know, set them up with a virtual appointment, find out kind of what's going on and we can even have them get like x-rays local and then send those to us. So we're establishing and being able to see more people. And I can only imagine what that will be for, you know, the mental side of things. The psychological providers are able to essentially reach everybody. It's cool to hear you talk medical. (laughs) My bro growing up, my little bro. It used to be about uh, sandwiches and video games. So I I have come a ways. (laughs) (laughs) So I think one of the things that uh, people... I think would think about in depression. Um, so are you on medication? I am. Uh, I actually have just transitioned. Um, so <laughs> I've been taking the same medication, which was lithium for probably 13 years. Wow. And just mm. transitioned off, uh, you know, within like the last month or so. Wow. Um, and that was, you know, in part due to care because of the, providers. So with lithium, it affects, um, uh, kidney function. And so they have to closely monitor. So I was doing blood work every, at the minimum six months, I would have blood work done. Wow. But, uh, recently they saw a spike, uh, which had them concerned enough that they, um, you know, with counseling with me and, uh, me agreeing to the plan of care, um, transitioning off of that to something else to essentially <laughs> preserve my kidneys. So I'm grateful for that. That's a, it's important. <laughs> you need those a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> so, But now I'm on a medication that uh, is, I mean, it seems to be working great. And uh, the it doesn't affect kidney function. Oh, wow. And there's actually a lot less side effects, too. That's good. And I'm pretty sure it's called Lamotrigine. I think there's a couple different names for it. but Okay. Uh, it's pretty common right now in the, I mean, especially for having bipolar, it's something that's commonly used and I mean, it's effective. So, so is, uh, lithium and the new one, I won't try and say it, but are they like uppers? Like, is that something they would be classified as, or what would they be classified as? I think that they're less of, uh, an upper and more of just like a stabilizer. Okay. I think is what they're described as. So you're not on Uh, speed. But. No, I mean, like, an upper would be more classified as, like, Adderall or okay. something. You okay. Know, like, to, like, ADHD or, yeah. I, but I don't take anything like that, no. Yeah. And, <laughs> and are you on multiple medications, or is it just the one that that helps you with mostly the depression or bipolar? Like, 
I guess bipolar depression is the whole diagnosis, so not not really separate. Yeah, not really. Uh, mainly the Lamotrigine year-round, you know, every day. Um, I do take uh, bupropion, which is, um, I think that's more considered to be an upper technically. Mm. Uh, but I take that during the winter months because for probably reasons around vitamin D and I dislike snow, so it's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so during like the winter months, I take a very minimal dose of that just to kind of, uh, you know, keep me back at a, a normal state. But um, even that's just, and they, uh, I've been doing that for so long that they feel comfortable enough to just have me have it when I need it. And my wife is very good about letting me know like, Oh, maybe it's time. So usually like end of October, beginning of November, I start taking it and then I taper off in like February, March when the sun starts being around more often. So seasons and, um, nighttime and the weather do all of those affect you or just the one? I don't know if there's anything that doesn't affect me, to be honest. So a lot of it is around like, you know, daily routine, how much sunshine I'm getting. If I'm not getting enough sunshine, am I supplementing uh, properly with vitamin D or B12? Um, another thing I would caveat, I would say, is to have people uh, have their levels tested just in general. Make sure you're kind of like know where you're at. Because um, weirdly enough, we actually solve a lot of like foot pain and stuff in our clinics with simply testing somebody's vitamin D level and supplementing with that to get them back to a normal level and their foot pain goes away. Whereas if they were to go somewhere else, uh, they would be offered surgery that would do nothing or make it worse <laughs> when all that would be uh, needed is vitamin D supplementation. We take a break from this interview to bring you an announcement. Because Logan and I had so much fun and we talked so much and really got into this subject, I had to split this into two parts. So tune in next week to get part two of Defeating Depression and hear a lot of the stuff Logan does specifically to help him and more of his journey. And it's awesome. You don't want to miss it. So we'll see you then. Hey, thanks for joining me on the Quick Fix podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe and we'll talk to you next time. Quick Fix!